Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. privileged. Um, we are honored and um, we're, we're truly just grateful that we have uh, Pastor Leo um, with us uh, from our church and also from The Way, Miami. And uh, we think that he's coming over here to, to bless us with the word. So sit back, be ready to hear from the Lord, be ready to take notes. And let's go ahead and, and introduce and welcome Pastor Leo to your living room, to your living room. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. All those who are watching us online and the worship team for the phenomenal job of worship this morning. And the word that came out in regards to Lord heal this land. And um, I believe uh, that God has the power to do so and that God has given us the authority to do so as well. So I encourage you not to take that lightly, to prophesy and proclaim that over our land, um, over your families, your marriages, your children's lives, and just to declare the power of the Word of God. Amen. With that being said, we sung a song this morning of Spirit Lead Us, and today's title is Placed with a Purpose. And when you sing that song, Spirit Lead Us, many times we feel or we think that God's leading is to places that are comfortable and places that we desire. And in reality, when we say spirit lead us, we're just asking Lord, put us in a place of purpose. And this morning, I want to talk about that because prior to the pandemic and during the pandemic, I think that we would view places in a mind frame of Lord why are we in this place versus what do you have for me in this place and there's a big difference of asking God why versus what can I do knowing that God is the one who has placed you in a place allows you to understand that you have a purpose of God to be there I want you to understand that at times we tend to focus more on the place than the purpose that God has for us. And I want to tell you today that when you focus on the place instead of the purpose, most of the times you will allow the place to define you. And what does that mean? When you focus on the problem, when you focus on the place, you tend to come out of that place as an individual who doubts, as an individual who fears, as an individual who questions, as maybe an individual that's filled with anger, because you're so focused on the place that the place defines you. But if you were to say, Lord, you are a sovereign God and you have placed me in this place, then your eyes are not on the place. It is on the purpose, the divine purpose of God. And when your eyes are on God, then you look at yourself as a conqueror, as one who has been placed there with a purpose. And you may not know why, but you know what 
God is going to do because your eyes are placed in him. And today, as you are watching me, I want you to know that the place does not define you. The marriage does not define you. Your children does not define you. Your church does not define you. God's purpose defines you. And when God has a purpose in your life, that purpose is more powerful than the place that he's led you to. That's why the cross, it had no sting. That's why the grave could not hold the Messiah down because there was a greater purpose than the place. Can you say that with me today? There is a greater purpose than the place. Hallelujah. Jesus, if you are with me, I tell you to clap. So if you're watching me here this morning, I'm asking you to clap for the Lord because he is an awesome father. He is a good God. Hallelujah. You know, this thing about purpose, it's interesting because the word in itself means the reason for which something is done. And when you say spirit lead me, it's that the spirit is taking you to a place to accomplish something. That something exists there. Now, I'm not talking about places that sin takes you. Because that's consequence. And that's another sermon. But I'm talking about God's purpose. And His Spirit leading us into places that God has prepared beforehand so that he has a reason for something to happen and that's what purpose is today i want you to know that there is a reason for something to happen the reason why you exist is the place that you are in today we have been placed in a place where we could question where if we were to say two or three months ago that this was going to happen, you've heard this before, that you would say never in a million years, but we are here today in a place that God has purposed, in a place where you must understand that if he placed you there, he anointed you to be there. If he placed us here, he placed us here to allow us to flourish. God is not scared or is not taken by surprise by the place that he has led us to. Can you say that with me here today? Placed with a purpose. Father, I am placed with a purpose. Allow me to focus on your purpose and not the place. Father, in the name of Jesus, as every individual that is watching here today, Lord God, as they are watching us and they are questioning the places that they are at, may it be in their families, in their marriage, in their ministries, with their children, with the health of their children, whatever the situation is, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that as they're watching, that they may focus on your very purpose through your spirit, oh God. Just because the place is bad, it doesn't mean that the purpose is bad. You could be in a bad place with a great purpose. Allow your purpose to define you today. Do not allow the place to bring forth a false definition of who you are. The power of God is real. In the Old Testament, there's an individual that I want to present to you by the name of Ezra. 
And he is an individual that he is probably placed in the worst position anyone can ever be placed. It was a time when the children of Israel were coming out of exile. They were returning. They had lost their sense of community. They have lost their sense of religion. They have lost everything that they stood for. And God chose a man by the name of Ezra in a horrible time, in a horrible place, with a great purpose. Understand that. Many times in our lives when we are placed somewhere, we think, and I've been there before, that we've done something wrong. And in reality, we have been placed there to present the gospel and the good news of Jesus. You know, when God brings a purpose in our lives, we're going to look at the story of Ezra. And as you have a purpose in God, I want to talk about two things in your life that forever will transform the way you look at things. Because if you really believe that God is sovereign, and if you really believe that he's in control of our lives, and if you really believe that the Spirit of God leads us, then if we're hanging on a cross or we're rising up from the grave, wherever it may be, then God is with us and God is in control and he's got a purpose. And Ezra, I want to read these verses here this morning because I want you to see this morning that there are two things that God does in our lives. And it's this, that he provides for us and that he protects us. Those two things you must understand will be the foundation of our purpose in the Lord. The fact that he provides and the fact that he protects us. When we talk about God's purpose in our lives and we say, Spirit, lead us. We have to understand that we are in God's hands. And we're going to read some scripture. And Ezra says these words. He says, Lord, I was in your hands. And because I was in your hands, we will read everything he says. But this is not a fairy tale. <laughs> and I'm not saying this to make you feel good. This is the gospel. This is what God did through his son, Jesus. He gave us the permission and the ability to not only love him and dwell with him, but to be in the center of his hands. And when we are in the center of his hands and he's gripped us tight, there is nowhere that that hand goes that there's not provision or protection because we are in the center of his hands. And if you believe that today, then wherever you are and wherever he places us, if we are in the center of his hands, then we are in the purpose of God. And there is no demon or devil that can take that fist out and remove us from the hand of God. Ezra's words as we look at provider because God is our provider your purpose comes with divine provision if you've put a dollar sign on this you've missed the mark you've missed the mark and I'm not saying that he provides for us financially he does not provide financially because he does but I want to get into this provision here Ezra says, Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers who has put such 
a thing as this in the king's heart. Listen to this. Look what the Lord provides in the midst of a godless generation in the book of Ezra, chapter 7, verse 27 and 28. Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers who has put such a thing as this in the king's heart. There was nothing Ezra could do to present this in the king's heart. You have to understand that what the king was feeling in this godless generation, it was placed there by God. How God speaks to the godless. How God is in control of the circumstance because he provides for us. And look at what Ezra's purpose is. To restore communion with God. To restore a community of Jewish believers. In the midst where there was nothing there. It was an impossible situation. Creating something out of nothing. Because that's what God does. That's what his provision does. That's the power of God. He doesn't need anything to do something. He can do something without anything. And it says this. Look at what he puts in the king's heart. To beautify the house of the Lord. The Lord provides favor. The Lord provides, you know, a feeling to Ezra where we're going to read it, but it provides encouragement to Ezra. God is a provider. He is a provider of our mental status, our financial status. God is a provider. And look what he does. He allows the man of God, Ezra, to feel peace and to feel encouraged through a sinful king with what God put in his heart. When there's a purpose, there's provision. He says, to beautify the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. Look at what the Lord provides. He has extended mercy. He, prov he provides favor so that he can beautify the house. And now he's extended mercy. Mercy from a godless king. Because God provides. And he says, he's extended mercy to me before the king and his council. And before all the kings, his mighty princes. And listen to what this godless person has done to this God-fearing man. So I was encouraged. Why? Why was he encouraged? Because he knew that the hand of the Lord, my God, was upon him. And listen, God's purpose will always come through his hand. He gives through his hand. There's nothing more gracious and more beautiful than looking upon the face of God and being in his presence and receiving from his face, but receiving from God's hand the provision that comes from it. When he releases it to you and it comes from his hand, Ezra says, because your hand was upon me, all these things happened. I want to let you know today, as God's hand is upon his church, his favor, his mercy, mercy his encouragement God provides for his people when his hand is ever present don't ever let the devil lie to you and make you think that God has left you forsaken you and abandoned you because as long as you are in his hands nothing can touch you
give the Lord a clap offering this morning because he is awesome hallelujah he says I was encouraged for the hand of the Lord God was upon me and today can you look at what's going on in your place and be encouraged can you you may be saying pastor you just don't understand you haven't been in my place I may have not been in your place but I've been in hell I've lived through some hell moments in my life and when I would say to myself that I don't see God it was because my eyes were focused on the place rather than the purpose today I ask you to look unto the hills from where your help comes from because there is provision there no doubt about it when I thought I was alone and I was lost and I was broken and I had no answers when I still feel it in today's day and age I ask myself where are my eyes and where am I placed in whose hands am I in and the enemy wants me to look at my place he wants me to focus at what's around me the fact that there is no communion in Israel the fact that the people are lost the fact that they have returned from exile and all their sufferings and how can you do this now God because God provides provision can you say that God provides provision one more time God provides provision I love the fact that God's purpose transforms any place. Oh my God. If you could understand that the purpose that God has placed you there is to prove the power of His transformation. The fact that He can transform nothing into something where he can transform the impossible into the impossible when your eyes are locked on to the purpose of God rather than the place you are at now before and tomorrow where despite whatever is going on despite you're hanging on the cross and it's been one day two days but that third day is coming i'm here to tell you today that when jesus was on this earth he recognized that there's a dark place that he was going to be going to but there was no way in hell that that place that dark place was going to hold him down because there was a purpose that was greater than darkness and that purpose was the father uniting his children that were forever separated but his love came down and that was purpose we have purpose here You've had purpose with your suffering in the past. And you will have purpose with your suffering in the future. You've had purpose with your joy in the past. And you'll have purpose with your joy in the future. When you believe that you are in the hands of the Father. And you truly believe and you just don't sing it. If you truly know. And you say, Spirit lead me. Because we don't know what we sing sometimes. Because when you say, Spirit, lead me. He may lead you to the wilderness like he did to Jesus. 
may lead you to barren places. He may lead you to dark places. But if his spirit is leading me, I'm in his hands. And what do we have? Purpose. So the first thing is, God provides in his purpose. In the book of Ezra, chapter 8, verse 31, I want to show you the second point on how God provides divine protection in our lives. Ezra 8, 31, then we departed from the rivers of Ahava on the, 20, on the 12th day of the first month to go to Jerusalem. And I just want you to see what it says. What does it say? Whoever's here with us today, can you shout that out, Betsy? What does it say? And, and the hand of God, that's it. And the hand of God was upon us. Can we believe that today? If you believe that the hand of God is upon you, then provision is there. Protection is there. And there are so many other things that partake in God's purpose. I don't want to say that these are the only two things, but these are the two things that I'd like to share with you as God has given me this word in this time frame. Because there are times when we don't know what we're gonna, if we're going to eat, right? There are some of you at home who've lost your job. And we don't know if we're going to get paid this week. But we have to believe that he's our provider because this is his purpose. And I want to testify to you. I'm going to testify because God is good and I want to shame the devil. And those people who are out there who think that God can't provide, before I get into the protection of God, and I'm saying this testimony, and God is leading me this way to maybe encourage someone here today, God always provides for us. In times of need, like now, I've seen God's hand bless our ministry like never before. He's blessed us in so many ways. I mean, for those who are watching us and are part of and know of the way and know hands of God, like God has blessed our ministry in such a way, hands of God, that we're able now to go and bless churches. In times like this, $2,000 checks being, being written out to hands of God and hands of God turning around and blessing churches, some that we know and some that we don't even know. $500 so that they can feed people in their church. In moments like this, in moments of drought where we're losing jobs and we don't have money, God continues to provide. Why? Because there's a purpose and his hand is upon us. And I believe that today. Protection. It says, and the hand of God was upon us. And some translations say he delivered and some say he protected. He delivered us and he protected us. From what? The hand of the enemy. So there's two hands here. I'm not making this up. The hand of God was upon us. And then he protected us from the hand of the enemy. I'm here to tell you today that there is an enemy. But there is a God. I'm here to tell you today in the name of Jesus. That I know that there are weapons formed against us. And the Bible says that. The Bible says that there are weapons formed against you. 
That means that maybe the same weapon that's formed against you is not the same one that is formed against me. But the enemy knows what weapon to use against me. But the Bible also says that those weapons that are formed against me shall not prosper. So just like the truth of the matter is, is that there is an enemy, there is a God. And if I'm in his hands and I know that he is leading me, then I have protection from the enemy. And there's absolutely nothing that can come against me. There is nothing greater than he who is in me that is in the world because I am in his hands. And although there are weapons formed against me, they shall not prosper. The word prosper means to grow stronger than and to flourish in and I'm here to declare it and prophesy it in your lives and everyone here today that the enemy's works will not go stronger in our lives and that they will not flourish in our lives but that the power of the Holy Ghost may grow in our lives and that the power of the Holy Ghost may flourish in our lives because we are in his hands we are in the hands of the Father we are in the hands of the Father a great church is built on a purpose that will be fulfilled through God's provision and protection. I will repeat that. A great church is built on a purpose that will be fulfilled through God's provision and protection. In the book of Ezekiel, we mentioned that today, I love how God has confirmed my message through the worship of Spirit lead me. And then the word that the pastor, Pastor Regal brought forth in regards to Ezekiel, dry bones wake. And I heard it. I grabbed it. It was a small statement, but I grabbed it saying, Lord, thank you for confirming this today. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, verse 1, for those people who do not know, I've been on Ezekiel 37 since early December. Made shirts about it. We had a revival campaign. <laughs> we were traveling to, I don't even know how many churches. We were traveling 10 months out of the year with a group of individuals from the church, our missions team. And I haven't gotten off the book of Ezekiel. Actually, it's the only book I've preached out of since the beginning of the year. I've only done three verses. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, verse 1. Uh, once we get there, you can let me know. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, verse 1. What does it start off with saying? And the what? And the hand of the Lord. That's all you need to know when it comes down to purpose. Because if you're in the hand of the Lord, then you know that wherever you are at, there's a purpose. So in the hand of the Lord, you will see the provision and the protection of God. And it says, he brought me out in the spirit. Hallelujah. He's going to take me to a glorious place. Is he now? And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst. Some translations say in the middle. He set me down in the middle of a valley, and we'll talk about that. And it was full of dry bones. I want you to understand and write down a couple words here. In the midst, because it's going to be in the middle, midst, that's the definition of it. 
It was full of bones. I want you to write that down as well. We don't have to write down the hand of the Lord because we've already talked about that enough. And he brought me in. He brought me out of the spirit, which is the purpose. Here are some things I want to talk about this verse here. As you look at the ver this verse and you see what God is doing. God has placed them in a valley full of dry bones. The place is a place of death, physical as a vision and spiritual as a nation. And it says that the Lord came upon me, the hand of the Lord came upon me. And, and I want you to understand this, that as a prophet, as a man of God, how can a man of God with so much power be in a place of so much death? You know, I've been there before. One day you prophesy and one day you're wondering what in the world you're thinking about. Or one day you love someone and the next day you can't even look at them in the face. Like you're up and down all over the place and you're wondering, God, what are you doing? And Ezekiel's in a place right now where he's at a loss of words. A loss of words. You know, there are times where we're in a mountaintop place and a place of valleys. And I want to let you know that God is the God of the mountaintops and the valleys. In the book of 1 Kings chapter 20 verses 23 to 28. We don't have to go there maestro in the back. I just want to quickly tell you this story here. The enemies come against God's people. And, and the enemies talk to, to the rulers and the kings. And they tell them let's not attack God's people on the mountain. Because the higher you are the easier it is to defend yourself. That's why David says, take me to the higher place. Take me to that mountaintop. So here we go. The enemy says, let's not attack them in the mountaintop. Let's attack them when they go to the valley. Because if they're in the valley, we can attack them and have victory over them. Sort of like what the enemy told God with Job. <laughs> can I attack them? Because if I attack him and, and he's no longer on the mountaintop and we take him down to the valley, he's mine. I will devour him. And God says, I know my guy. And he knows the God that I am. And the same God that I am on the mountain, I am in the valleys. And that's where that verse comes from. Where he says, I am the same God no matter what place you are in. You think I'm your God only in the mountain, but I am your God in the valley. Because that are those are places that are desolate, that are depressed, that are situations that are impossible. And there I'm going to be God. So let's go to verse 2 in the book of Ezekiel chapter 37 because... Have you ever been at a place where God takes you and he sets you somewhere and immediately you know it's not a good place. You guys know what I'm talking about here, right? Those people who are here. Okay. And you get to this place and he puts you in the middle of a mess. Because <laughs> that's what he did to Ezekiel. He put him in the middle of a mess. Like he did to Jesus. In the middle of this mess, that's where Jesus was in the middle. But I've realized that when God puts you in the middle of a place, you really don't know how bad it is until he takes you through the place. 
If you've gone through a problem and you start with one problem and just keeps on going and, and the story gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and right when you thought you couldn't even handle the fact that he put you there, then it's, it's a worse situation. But God's provision and protection is there no matter what. And he says, then he caused me. It's like he forced me. Not only did he put me in the middle. Oh my God. But he made me pass all around them. Like, and see, before I didn't recognize that there were very many dry bones and dead bones. At first they were just dry bones, but I came to soon realize that there were many dry bones. Because the Spirit of the Lord took me upon all the things and He saw, He made me look at everything that was going on and He revealed to me what the situation really is. And just when I thought it was bad, God made it worse. And I ask myself sometimes, what is God doing with this? And God is saying, I'm showing you everything that's impossible. So when I show up, so when I show up, you have no doubt in your mind that I am the God of the valley as much as I am the God of the mountain. You know, there's a difference of being in the middle of something and being all around them. And sometimes we, we, we say, Lord, why are we doing, why are you doing this? Why are, are there so many things and there's very much of them and there's one statement that I hope that you will forever remember as I am sharing this morning with you do not forget and always remember that the power and goodness of God is unaffected by the place you are at it is never affected because God will remain good forever and his power will remain forever no matter the place you're at. No matter how many dry bones you see. No matter how many impossibilities you see in that place. His purpose is there and he is unaffected. We need to pray that we don't get affected with the place. Lord, don't allow the place to affect me. Because I know that when I'm in his hands, I, I can't be affected. And there's been so many times in my life where I've allowed myself to get affected. With the places that God takes us. Not that sin has led me. I'm talking about that God has led me to crosses where he says, carry your cross. You don't hear that much, but he says, carry that cross. Carry my suffering. I know Easter just passed, but just like I suffered, you will suffer. And he says, carry that. And don't let it affect you. You walk to your cross. And you get on your cross because my grace is sufficient for you. 
because my purpose has power and your place that I have taken to you the spirit lead me song that you sung I took you there and my prayer is my child that you don't get affected because God is telling you today I will never get affected I am good and powerful always the minute you say, Lord, let me get out of your hands. Let me get out of your will. Let me try to do this myself. The minute you do that, now you give yourself over to being affected by the place. Look at Ezekiel's response. Verse 3. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, Oh Lord God, you know. I'm going to dissect this statement real quick. Ezekiel says, Lord, only you know. Why does he say that? Why does Ezekiel say, Lord, only you know? I think there's a struggle there in Ezekiel's heart. Like we all struggle. When we're put in places. Ezekiel can't say no because he's in God's hands. Right? He can't say no because God's speaking to him. And he knows that with God and being in his hands, anything is possible. So why doesn't he just say, yes, Lord? Yes, Yes, Lord, these bones will live in the name of Jesus. I prophesy to these. Why doesn't he say that? Because he's real. And his flesh can't let him say yes. Because he sees the bones. So he's got a battle. There's a confusion in the place that God brought him to and it's okay to be confused and it's okay to not be sure it's okay to look at your circumstance and say God I really don't think this can happen because look at all these dry bones but God since you brought me here and I'm in your hands nothing is impossible for you so I don't know God only you know let's just be let's just let's be people who believe in his sovereignty and say God if you want them to rise let them rise because I believe in you I hope this is ministering to you today. I hope this is blessing you today. Because being at a place is not so glorious as we make it out to be in modern day American church. Yes, some moments are, my God, write a book about it. But some moments are like the Garden of Gethsemane moments that nobody wants to talk about where you're fighting with God and you believe in God and the verse in Mark comes to life where you say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm fighting with this God, but I'm in your hands and I know your purpose has power, so I will not back down. I still believe, although I don't believe. So people just quote things without understanding. It's because you see the dead bones. And your flesh just can't say, sure they can live. Because that's fake Christianity. 
The fact that your spouse is a drunk, he's a drunk. The fact that your spouse is, is unfaithful, he's unfaithful. The fact that your child has a diagnosis, there's a diagnosis. So sometimes we wonder, God, can you do it? But then you say, I'm in his hands, so he can. So Lord, do what you know you can do. That's real. That's real. Lord, pass this cup from me, from the Messiah. That's real. Last example here today. This story wrecks my life. And it shows us that God's provision and protection are with us. In the book of Daniel, chapter 3, verse 16, we will start there. I will read right through with you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Look at the place that the Lord led these three young boys to. A place where they had to proclaim their faith and trust in the Lord. And a place where they had to deny the king in his self-worship. The Lord led them there to a fiery furnace. He led Ezekiel to a valley of bones, a valley, a place where I'm telling you here today, a place that the only thing that was there was like an elongated state of depression on the surface of the earth. It was nothing there. And here is these three young boys. We have no need to even answer you on this matter. Because he's telling them to bow down, bend the knee to me. And they said, we won't even answer you. If I was God, I would have opened up the windows of heaven at that moment. And poured out fire upon that king and everyone there. But he didn't. And just when you think the situation is bad, it's going to get worse. And I'm here to tell you today that just because you make a right decision one time, it's not going to make the bad place right. Just because we're faithful a couple times and we make right decisions, our right decision is not a formula to make the place right. And before I even get into this, I want to let you know to not quit doing the right thing and staying in the purpose of God. Because if you stop doing the right thing, right around the corner, God is going to show up. And if you stop doing the right thing, you will miss the hand of God in the purpose place he's placed you in. <laughs> Next verse. We'll read a couple here, Rudy. If that is the case, listen to their attitude. I wish I could be like this. I have moments of this. You guys have moments of this? I have moments. I'm not going to lie. There's moments where I resemble this, Pastor Rigo. Maybe you do too. Moments. We have moments. I, I just wish I was more consistent and I could dwell there all the time. Thank you for being honest. If that is the case, our God, 
whom we serve is able. Lord, only you know. These three boys knew that God could save right there. They knew it. But then they say, you are able to deliver us from this, from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Listen to what they say the next verse. Here we go. But if not, because I see the fire in front of me. Because I see the bones in front of me. <laughs> you see that? He, this is real. God, if you heal him or not. God, if you save him or not. Because I know you can, but I see what I see. But if not, let it be known to you, O king. This is why I want to live in this state emotionally, right? I just want to be here all the time. But if not, let it be known to you, God, unto you, the one who brought me here, the one whose hands I am in, oh God, no matter what, because I know, oh God, your purpose has power, oh God, and you've placed me right here. And if that is true, doesn't matter how many bones are there, how dry they are, and it doesn't matter how hot this furnace is, you are unaffected, God. You are unaffected. And he says, I won't serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Let's keep on going. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. Here's another misunderstanding. When you make the right decision, all of a sudden we think when we stand in the hand of God and we're placed in a place where we have a trial because they're going to rise and the temptation is going to rise. The minute we make something right, a good decision, we feel then God has to come and sweep, like sweep on through like the Savior and just take us right out of it and snatch us out of it. Like, like why didn't God just suck Jesus out of the cross? Why did he let him go through that? Like we, we think that God is going to just come right, right away when we do something right. But what we don't understand, because it's in scripture, is that this battle is not against flesh and blood. But it's against powers and principalities of this air. And when you do something to glorify God, you're going to get the enemy angry. And the enemy just might come back stronger. Because he's angry now. Just like God is pleased, the enemy gets angry. When you do something glorious, God is pleased. And the enemy is filled with anger. Just when you thought your right actions would tell the enemy to go. Just because we read one day, that means that the enemy can't come and tempt me at night. Just because we went to church one Sunday, it doesn't mean that we're open to temptation. Just because we give, that means that we're never going to struggle financially. Hear me, church. A right action doesn't take away a bad situation. Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It angered him so much because he knew that these boys would fall. 
he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace up seven times more as it was usually heated up. Like, it's like Ezekiel when he was put in the middle of the trial and in the middle of the valley and he, and the Lord took him in the middle of the valley and then took him all around the valley to like, let him see everything that was going on. And now the boys, not only were they put before the king but and threatened to be thrown into the fire, but now things have gotten worse. Now it's just seven times hotter. Let's keep on reading. We're almost done here this morning. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the fiery furnace. Get ready because there's an awesome revelation coming right now. Get ready to write this stuff down. Keep on going, Rudy. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, and turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst, in the middle. <laughs> Spirit lead me, huh? Spirit lead me, huh? As you pray, Spirit, lead me. He's definitely going to take you through. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. They threw him in the middle, in the midst of these burning, fiery furnace. Now watch this, church. I know we know this story. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flames of fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You guys ready? Those people who are watching, those people here with me today. I want to let you know that when the hand of God is upon us, that those things that have killed others will not kill you when God is with you. It's interesting how this fire didn't kill these boys as God was with them because they were in the hand of God and they were in the powerful purpose of God. Yet the soldiers who were mighty men were killed because of these fires there are people that will go through worse marital situations than you that you will survive you will go through diagnoses that you will survive you will go through heartbreaks betrayals that you will survive that others may die but God is with you and as we close up here listen to this verse here because here comes another one. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what does it say that happened to them? They fell down. I think that they, this is my revelation. And you can tell me what you think about it later, Pastor Regal. These three boys, I believe, saw what the king saw before the king saw it. And they couldn't stand in that fire any longer. And the only thing that those boys could do was fall to their knees and worship him. And that's why I believe that they fell down in that fire. They received the revelation of God being a protector before King Nebuchadnezzar even saw it. And it says that they fell down into the midst of the fiery furnace. Keep on going. Watch this. As they fell down, bound 
in the midst. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into that midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. Now listen to this verse. Here we go. Look, he answered, I see four men loose. Before you could be loose, you must fall down. The Bible says that they fell down. And when the king looked, he saw four loose. You can't be loosened until you worship and fall to your knees. I'm here to tell you today that no matter the place that God takes you, he will never be affected. How hot it may get, as death may look, he will never be affected. Remember to always fall to your knees in the fire, in the valley, and give him glory. Because there's going to be a moment that that place will be a place where you will be loosened and you will walk freely and roam freely and dance and rejoice and joy will come because that place, it's for his purpose. May God bless you, Nest family, as you've watched at home. As we close off, I'd like to pray for the place that you are at. That you may recognize it as a place where the Spirit has led you. And that it is a divine purpose. It is not meant to disappoint God. It is not meant to bring doubt. It is meant for God to reveal himself to you. For God to bring things to life that are dead. For God to protect you in the midst of things that should kill you. Those things aren't there for you to disappoint God, for you to be disobedient to God. Greater is he who is in you that is in the world. You are in the palm of his hands, and nobody can snatch you out of it. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you bring a revelation, O oh God, of the place that your spirit has brought us to. Before this pandemic, during this pandemic, and after this pandemic, that we may understand that you are a good God and that you, O oh God, are affected by nothing. That your goodness and power remains despite the bones, despite the dryness, and despite the heat, O oh God. Nothing is impossible for you and you are able to do all things. It's in Jesus' name. And together we all say, may the Lord bless you, Ness family.